This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is not a regular player. This is not a pretty good quarterback. This is an all-time great. Is he? A strange bird off the field? He's a little nuts, I think. Okay? That's his deal. Is he really weird? Yeah. You don't have to hang out with him. You just have to put on your Jet jersey, go to the stadium, and watch him do his thing, which is move the Jets down the field and into the end zone, which is something you have not had in years. Subscribe to the Mike Francesa podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another Mike Missanelli Podcast. This will be podcast episode number 45, Mike Missanelli Podcast, and uh, we hope everybody's out there listening, brought to us by Bet Rivers. Well, uh, let me tell you, this is a special podcast, and it is an honor and a privilege to speak with our next guest. He is the newly elected governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. He grew up uh, in Montgomery County, uh, and he's made an incredibly positive impact as attorney general and now elected governor. And he's a monster Philadelphia sports fan, which is one of the main reasons we're going to have him <laughs> on today. He, of course, is the honorable governor of uh, the Commonwealth, Josh Shapiro. Hello, governor. Yo, Mike. Great to be with you, man. Thank you. And congrats on the podcast. It's great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Congrats to you uh, as as the newly elected governor. And I, that made a lot of people in, in this state happy, uh, especially me. So my first question is, how's the governor, governor's mansion look to you? Is it nice? <laughs> man, it's cool. I mean, it's the people's house. I'd love, to, by the way, I'd love to have you there. We can record a podcast from there sometime. Um, oh, I'm in. It, it is. Um, Man, it's 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 a special place. My family and I feel honored to be able to be there. And you know, every down there, we open up the doors to you know some group or someone from Pennsylvania to invite them in and have the chance to see it. And you know, the first lady, my wife Lori, she's um, been spent a lot of time with her staff trying to figure out ways to bring school groups and others who just like would never have a chance to see this magnificent place and learn the history of our Commonwealth to have them come to the residence. So we feel really honored as a family to be able to, to live. That there. is awesome. Listen, you're, you, uh, you're, you're a very grounded guy. So uh, I'm curious, like I'm trying to picture uh, you walking into the mansion the first time as, as a resident. Is it, is it like going to an Airbnb? Like wh- how do you, <laughs> what do you, what do you do? You open, you get the key to it, you open it up, you go, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just wild, right? You walk into this, like I think it's like 35,000 square foot home. There's just an amazing staff that works there, not just to make sure that we have what we need, but most importantly, the Pennsylvanians that come to visit. And then, you know, you, you, you go upstairs to the living area, you know, the living quarters where it's just you and your family. And you realize like, 
holy cow, like, you know, this is where we sleep. This is where we eat. This is where we watch sports as a family. And um, it, it's just so, it's remarkable. And we feel really honored to be the family that's entrusted to be there. And we want to work really hard, just keep opening up the doors to let you know, more people come and see it. It's really spectacular. That is awesome. I'm so happy for you and, and for the people that uh, you keep this open to. Uh, all right, the first thing I want to do is discuss sports. The first time uh, that, that Josh and I really spoke uh, was uh, you you called my show as a caller. It was at the end of a show. You were a big listener of, of the Mike Missinelli show yep. because you're such a, a major Philadelphia sports fan, especially the Sixers. Yep. And we couldn't get you on. It was like five or six. I'm like, <laughs> I, got, I got the attorney general here. I can't even get him on because we ran out of show. But then you called again to talk Sixers, which I thought was really cool. And and we have legitimate conversations about sports, which yeah. is the, the beauty of you. So obviously, <laughs> this town is percolating right now with uh, yeah. with three of the four sports. So let's let's talk about the most prevalent one. And on Sunday, the Eagles have a chance to to get to another Super Bowl, yeah. uh, the second one in six years, which is mind boggling to me. So. How are you feeling about this right now? Yeah, I, I feel good. I mean, and listen, I'm a homer, right? So I, I get it that people are going to say, yeah, of course he's going to be for the birds. But here, here's why I'm so optimistic. Because I'll tell you what, 49ers are a really good team. So anybody who says otherwise is just wrong. Um, I love this team. They got, they got a vibe about them. They got a swagger. They got a confidence. Um, that really matters when you go deep in the playoffs. That, that's number one. Number two, they're really healthy. I mean, look, Lane Johnson is is playing with a, what's he got, like a torn abdomen or something. Let me tell you, man, you wouldn't be doing your podcast with a torn abdomen. I'm not sure I'd be able to <laughs> sign bills in the law with a torn abdomen. But this guy is out playing, and it just shows you how tough he is, how much he loves his team. He wants to be out there. But other than Lane, I mean, they're pretty healthy. Uh, for this late in the season. And while the 49ers are really good, um, let me just tell you, I'll take Jalen Hurts over Purdy, no matter, you know, how hot Purdy is right now. I just think Hurts is so special. He's such a difference maker. And in what is going to be, you know, a game with two really good teams, I like our chances with Hurts over Purdy. I, I really, really do. And I feel really optimistic about their ability to get back to the Super Bowl. I actually agree with you. I, I you know, this kid has uh, done wonders. I, I get it, but this is his first playoff game in, on the road in a, in a really difficult place to play. And I, I just can't see him coming here to beat the Eagles. I know they're a good team all around, right. but that quarterback is so important. And if you get a rush on him, uh, I, I think you have a chance to crack him. And that's the important point. I mean, look at our the number of sacks we've had is a record number of sacks. We we have a hell of a defensive line. We're gonna we're gonna show in, in very sort of confusing patterns for this guy. Um, and I think they'll rattle him. I think they'll get to him. I think they'll hit him. I think they will knock him off of his game. And then I just have so much confidence when the ball's in Jalen's hands. Um, you know, particularly with AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, you know, Goddard in the middle. They they have a really balance we have a really balanced approach great running game um i just really like our chances uh governor what has happened to philadelphia sports i mean for so many years it's been so grumbly and all of a sudden boom 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 you got you got a couple of teams now that uh one was in the world series one looks like you go to the super bowl you you got baseball season come coming our way i mean what this transformation is almost too hard for me to believe because i was so used to complaining 
I know. And like my kids all think Philly sports have always been great. I'm like, you guys don't understand the pain and anguish I dealt with when I was a kid. But um, no, I mean, look, we're just hot right now. And what I love to see is, uh, you know, take the Phillies, for example. They go to the World Series and they don't rest on that. You know, Middleton and Buck go and make some, you know, in Dombrowski, they go and make some really great moves in the offseason. Same thing with the Sixers. You know, we should have gone deeper in the playoffs last year. We know we, we've we got a finite period of time here with Joel. And they go and they make some some moves, Melton and others, bringing some more talent to the bench. Um, and so we have the these ownership groups right now that want to get better. We've got players that want to be here. We've got a fan base that is just, you know, out of their minds, excited. Uh, it, it, there's something really great happening right here. And and we got to just sustain it and stay onto it. And we got to support these teams. We're talking to Governor Josh Shapiro. Uh, and it's a, a privilege for me to uh, have him on this podcast today. I, I, I want to discuss your career because one of the reasons I have such great respect for you is that you, you had the heart and dedication to, to climb this very difficult ladder to, to get where you are. And uh, it, it is a hard ladder. And mm. so that just to go over your career briefly, you know, you get the political science degree and then your whole life starts because you pay your dues in Washington as an aide. You go to law school at night, you get the degree in Georgetown Law School. Another thing that we have in common, because I've worked full time and also got a law degree that way. Right. Uh, and then chief of staff, Joe, Joe Huffle and uh, elected House of Representatives, Montgomery County Commissioner, Attorney General, Governor, and Probably president, but we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> so, um, uh, talk about that climb and and why you wanted to get into politics and, and your motivation to 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 climb that big ladder because it's not easy. No, and it it's not. And you know, when you kind of lay out my career like that, it's very easy to think that it was just kind of a straight climb up a ladder. And the, and the truth is. Um, it, it didn't feel that way when I was going through it. I mean, listen, I am someone who is very, very grounded in in my family and in my faith. And you know, Lori and I have been together since the ninth grade. We're blessed with four kids. So family and faith is everything to me. And through that, um, I have found you know my calling in public service. Right? People can do a lot of different things. I admire people who do lots of different things. For me, it was always public service. But I never kind of got on this public service track and said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then eventually I'll be governor. In fact, it, it's not been that at all. It's really just been a focused determination on serving others, on being in a place where I feel like I can have the most impact on, you know, getting shit done for people. I don't know if I'm allowed to say shit on your podcast, but I just said it. You're, you're allowed to say anything you want, and it makes you more more human. Yeah, and, and just like being hungry to do this. And I'll tell you something, Mike. The day I, you know, I, I, I don't want to get shit done anymore. The day I don't want to fight for people anymore. That's the day I hang it up. But I got a lot of fire in the belly. I believe in public service. I'm grounded in my family and my faith. I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to keep going here. And I feel like I am now in one of the, the greatest jobs in the United States of America to have the honor of serving as the 48th governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, um, you know, an unbelievably uh, complex, challenging, wonderful, great place to live and work and play. Uh, and the fact that I've been given this honor to do this work, man, it's just humbling. Um, you know, Mike, I'll tell you a story. You asked about what it was like to go into the residence the first time. Let me tell you what it was like to kind of walk in the governor's office the first time as the governor, right? I walked in there, had a meeting, you know, quick meeting with my senior staff. They, they left the room and there was like this 
quiet moment where I was in this, this, you know, grand, beautiful office. And I, I sit behind the desk, literally sat down for the first time. And I look up and there's portraits of all the former governors up on the wall. And looking down at me straight ahead is William Penn. And then to the right of me looking down is Ben Franklin. And you realize, man, you are, you are part of a, 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 a link here um, that dates back to William Penn, where now I'm entrusted for some period of time to kind of build on my predecessor's success and try and make this place a little better for, for those I, I serve. And I just share that with you because it's just humbling. And it's just really humbling. And, you know, I've only been in office eight days, but I'm, I'm working my ass off. I'm trying to deliver the way my predecessors did and try and do good things for people and make a difference in the process. What I see in you is a dedication to do the right thing. And let me go back to even further before you started this climb uh, as a high schooler, where you started a letter writing campaign supporting the plight of, of Russian refuseniks and Russian Jews who were mm -hmm. refused permission to emigrate. Um, and you did it at a very young age. And, and so, like, you really showed a, a penchant for progressive ideas, progressive democratic ideas at, at an early age. Where does that come from? I think from my parents and my faith. You know, dad is, um, is a local pediatrician in the community, takes care of kids. Mom, you know, was a, a school teacher growing up and, and they were very active in their community and in social justice. And long before I ever thought about politics, for sure, they taught me a lot about service to others, whether it was helping the Soviet refuseniks, you know, gain their freedom or trying to help right or wrong in our local community. I, I just was, I learned at an early age just how important it is to, to try and help others around you. And and my own faith teaches me that no one is required to complete the task, but neither are we free to refrain from it. And, you know, what, what that really means to me, and I'm not here to preach it anybody, obviously, my folks can believe whatever they want to believe. But for me, it's all about, you know, you got a responsibility to do your part. And it, it doesn't mean that you're going to cure every ill, fix every problem, but, but you got a responsibility to get off the sidelines, get in the game and do your part. And that's what I try and do. Governor, let me let me ask you this on, on that on that note, because I, um, you know, I on my radio show used to talk about things like this all the time. And, and I uh, really had a, a difficult time understanding how certain people could think. And one of the things that bothered me always was criticism of, of the concept of being woke. Now, now being woke to me mm. means uh, progress. It means uh, progress. Uh, so, so we accept others and, and the longer we go on in this world, we should have a better understanding of other cultures. And yet somehow that has become, uh, a, a bad thing. Uh, it's funny how we welcome progressive things in society all the time. My God, the, the, the world runs off a barcode these days, but we don't accept progression of thought. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think this is a whole bunch of bullshit coming from people like DeSantis and the guy I ran against and others using this term woke as an excuse to criticize others based on what they look like or where they come from, who they love or who they pray to. You know, these, these so-called tough guys, you know, attack other people. Think about it. They're attacking a trans kid to try and make themselves seem tougher. They're attacking someone 
who's gay to make them seem tougher. They're attacking someone who's got a different color skin than they do to make them seem tougher. These are profoundly weak people who feel like it's necessary to attack others in order to make themselves feel like tough guys. Here's my view. Everybody should be welcome here. And beating up on some kid, beating up on someone because of who they worship to or what they look like, um, that makes people feel unwelcome. And the people who are doing that, who are engaging in that, are just weak people who are probably hiding some pretty significant insecurities. The, the fact that we've gotten to this place in our politics, in our society, where we're attacking others because they're a little different in some way, um, is really dangerous. And in my view is folks should be welcome here. And I want to build a commonwealth where we're able to be tolerant of one another, welcoming to one another, where we're able to recognize that when someone is attacked because of a particular characteristic um, in them, that makes us all weaker and worse off. And so I got no patience for people to do that. And frankly, it pisses me off. And it's one of the reasons why I'm in this arena is to try and stand up for all good folks and, and have their backs and protect them. Governor, I'm not sure there's ever been a, bit, a, a bigger political division in this country than, than there is now. And in my opinion, uh, this, this was cultivated by, by one insidious individual who was unworthy to be elected president of this country. And yet um, some people still a- adhere to the message as if we, we didn't learn enough uh, from what went on. So uh, uh, even the guy that you ran against, it's mind boggling that Doug Mastriano was a guy that was was running on on these archaic cavemen messages that, that he put out. And, and you brought up DeSantis. Uh, the same, it, it's like a mini Trump is emerging now. It's like we learn nothing. What is your view of that? Well, look, I mean, l- let me focus on Pennsylvania. And I, I don't want to relitigate the election, um, but I think it's important to note, not only did I win and defeat that dangerous extremist, I got more votes than anyone in the history of Pennsylvania. And I say that not to pat myself on the back. I say that because the reason I was able to earn more votes than anyone in the history of Pennsylvania, you know, running for governor, is that Republicans, Democrats, independents, you know, came together and said, we are going to reject extremism. We are going to put these, you know, petty, uh, arguments in our politics aside and instead say, we're going to come together. We're going to support one another. We're going to respect one another. And we're going to fight for the kinds of things that Shapiro is talking about. Good schools for our kids, safe communities. And and economy actually lifts everybody up and gives people a shot. Those those basic things that I think can bring people together. That is what was on the ballot. Um, And together, people from all different walks of life rejected extremism and instead came together. That is, I think, that tells a great story about where we are as Pennsylvanians, that we did, in fact, reject what was coming from the other side in a bipartisan way. You're a governor. He's a governor. Have you ever spoken to Ron DeSantis? No, I never have. I mean, he came here and campaigned against me and attacked me. You can see how well that worked out for him. Again, we won with record numbers. Mm But no, I mean, I, I think the guy's, frankly, pretty darn overrated, but I'm sure we will have the opportunity to um, interact with one another uh, through the National Governors Association or, or other means. You have any opinion on him being honored by the Union League here? I think the fact that the Union League did that and was so disrespectful to such a wide swath of people in our community 
um, says a lot about the Union League. It's really unfortunate. Um, and it, it is something that I think is, you know, represents, uh, you know, the opposite of Philadelphia values, you know, Philadelphia values where, you know, for, for as, for as tough as we can be as a, as a people, man, um, it's also based on love, right? The heart and passion is based on a lot of love for one another. Uh, and I think the Union League kind of, you know, flew in the face of that with what they did by honoring DeSantis the way they did. Governor, let me just go over a couple of things that you accomplished uh, as the attorney general. Um, investigation of the sexual abuse in the Catholic Church, Penn, the Penn State hazing case, uh, the the health, you went after that, the healthcare company where, where uh, clients were, were really getting stiff. The opioid epidemic made a tremendous dent in by, by suing these pharmaceutical distributors. Uh, you advocated for abortion rights, ob- obviously in your campaign, and, and you protected the integrity of the election in Pennsylvania. The, these are laudy things. And, uh, you know, there, there's some opposition that you had you had to face, but you, you seem to tackle issues in the face of great opposition and you do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, look, I believe in taking on big fights for the good people of Pennsylvania. And in fact, when I was sworn in, you know, eight days ago, um, I spent a good chunk of my inaugural address talking about the people I met along the way and um, what they've taught me and the way we've engaged in those big fights together, taking on the powerful interests and giving power back to the people. That's that's what I've done throughout my career, certainly what I did as attorney general and exactly what I'm going to do uh, as governor, trying to give more people a shot in the face of a lot of barriers, you know, consistently being erected against them, whether it's by powerful corporations um, or frankly, by government policies. So let me give you an example. On, on day one of my administration, um, I signed an executive order, my first executive order doing away with the college degree requirement for 65,000 state government jobs. That's 92% of our jobs. So before I got there, you needed to have a college degree uh, as part of your, you know, your, your requirements to apply for a job in Pennsylvania. Now you don't need that anymore. And the idea there is let's open up the doors of opportunity for more people. Let's knock down those barriers that hold people back and give them a shot. So whether it's something like that or whether it's taking on the opioid companies or taking on the Catholic Church when they systematically abuse children over decades, um, I'm all about standing up for the people, fighting those big fights and then delivering real results for the good people of Pennsylvania. Let me address this because, uh, you know, uh, I've been reading some criticisms from um, Democrats uh, about your agenda and, and some hardcore demos say that you're too willing to compromise with the right. How do you respond to that? Well, listen, I got elected to do a job for the good people of Pennsylvania, Republicans, Democrats, and and independents. And the way you do a job like this is you talk to people, Mike, and you listen to them and you find common ground. Because if I'm going to try and if I'm going to get a bill passed into law, I'm going to need Republicans and Democrats uh, to vote for it, and then I'll sign it. And so the bottom line here is, Mike, anyone who says to you, I don't care if they're a Democrat or Republican, but anybody who says in this arena, don't talk to the other side, don't engage with people who might not agree with you on everything, don't try to find common ground, they're just wrong. The bottom line here is um, my job is to find common ground, move the ball forward and get things done for the good people of Pennsylvania. I'll tell you something else, Mike, people are sick and tired of the polarization. People are sick and tired of government not getting shit done. 
our job is to break through that, bring people together, and make things happen. All right, last thing I want to talk to you about, I want to, I want to wind it up with a sports conversation because I haven't touched on your favorite, Please. Your, your favorite Please. sport, of course, <laughs> uh, the, the Sixers. And, you know, I, there was a time this year I go, well, eh, it's just not going to work. They're not as good as Boston or Milwaukee. But all of a sudden they're rallying. And tonight uh, I'm actually going to do game tonight against the Nets with Ben Simmons. Just to boo Ben Simmons, I hope, right? Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm, going to observe, I'm not a booer, but I'm going to observe the, the disappointment okay. that he represents on a daily basis. <laughs> okay. But what are your thoughts on the Sixers right now? Uh, you, you see them. They've grown. In your mind, are they a, a contender to, to get to the NBA Finals? They are a contender to get to the NBA Finals. What we have seen in um, – let me sort of look ahead and then come back a little bit. What we have seen in the last – three years or more or so is they get stuck in that second round when the defense gets tougher, when the rotations get shorter, right? You're not playing nine or 10 guys. You're playing seven or eight. And um, we've had some injuries to Joel, you know, in, in, in the playoffs. And in the case last year, we really didn't have a hard and long enough, I think, to kind of make him part of the system. So, Look, they, they've got to be able to take that next step in the playoffs. We don't know if they can do that yet. But in terms of what they're doing right now, particularly now that they've moved Maxi to the bench, and so we're a little less exposed on defense when Maxi and Harden um, are in the game, um, I think the addition of Melton, um, the, the ad- addition of, of Montrez Harrell, you know, to back up, you know, the proper backup for Joel – um, they're taking this to the next level. And I think Harden has adjusted his game. He's getting rid of the ball quicker. He, you know, he's not dribbling for 14 or 15 seconds. Um, his play has improved. One of the things that always used to drive me crazy is that he and Joel weren't you know, operating effectively in that two-man game. They weren't running the pick and roll effectively. They weren't, you know, Harden wasn't waiting until Joel kind of got in the right spot to get him the ball where he could be most dominant. That's changed this year, and it's particularly changed in the last, you know, 12 to 15 games. And they're playing at a next level. So do I think they can get through the regular season in that one, two, three spot? I do. Do I think they have what it takes to make a deep run in the playoffs without adding too many more pieces to this team? I do. The question is, in that second round, when the defense gets better, when things get tougher, when guys are banged up a little bit, can they dig deep and and get over that hump? We'll see. I'm optimistic. I'm I'm hopeful. uh, But we'll see. And every, look, every great team has to go through that. Going back to my youth, whether it was the Pistons or the Bulls, you know, the Sixers, right? Everyone's got to sort of climb over the next and, you know, it's up to us now to be able to climb over the Bucks, climb over maybe the Nets. I think they're a little overrated. But um, I, I think we got a real shot now, and I think they're, they're playing better than, than they have in a, in a long time. If you were down there tonight and uh, you were uh, out of sight and nobody recognized uh, you as the governor, would you boo Ben Simmons? I think I would. I mean, I hate to, <laughs> to say it. it's probably not the <laughs> nicest thing in the world. I would because I just think he took advantage of our squad. I think he took advantage of a couple really great years for Joel, which is unfair. I mean, he's just so premier and, you know, you, you, you know, you just, I just love the guy and I want him to get that, get that chip. I, I just think um, he really treated this fan base, the team and others disrespectfully. And, 
So yeah, I'd, I'd probably boom if nobody was looking. <laughs> Governor, listen, I, I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see what you have in store uh, for this state to, to make it a, a, a better Commonwealth. I know that you'll work your, your butt off to do that. You've assembled a tremendous transition staff of, of great people to, to, to get this thing going. So uh, if you could give me one sentence, what should we look forward to uh, Pennsylvania uh, being improving and being uh, uh, just one of the great states in this union? Yeah, I spoke about it yesterday when I signed an executive order about creating more jobs and economic opportunities in Pennsylvania. And I said, I'm going to be our Commonwealth's biggest cheerleader. And I, I realize that might sound a, a little, you know, squishy here, but but it takes a cheerleader to really get in there and improve quality of life, you know, better schools, safer communities. It takes a cheerleader to land that big, you know, corporation to come here, which is going to employ a bunch of, you know, union tradespersons to, to build the building and then house thousands of employees on, you know, some next generation technology that's going to set us up for the future. It takes a cheerleader to really help say, Pennsylvania is not just the greatest Commonwealth, but we can be the greatest place to live in, in the whole country. We got a lot of work to do that, but I'm prepared to do it. Um, I got a great team around me to do it. I'm excited uh, for this opportunity the good people of Pennsylvania have given me. So um, I feel really good about where we are, and I'm excited to be our state's cheerleader. Josh, thanks so much. And I'm going to take up on that invite to the governor's mansion. It is now, now I need to do a podcast from the governor's mansion. It'll complete my life. We'll do it. We'll we'll set it up, but under one one condition here, okay? So my most trusted aide, uh, my it's called your chief of staff. So my chief of staff, number one, yes, person leading, you know, leading our government. Um, we've worked together for more than a decade. I don't know of anyone more talented in public service than Dana Fritz. She has one fault, one fault, and I have not been able to shake her of this. She's a Cowboys fan even though she grew up in, in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, and so if we do this podcast together, she has to come on and you have to bully her on your podcast for being a Cowboys fan. That's my only ask. And hasn't she had enough? She hasn't had enough? I mean, she's got to be feel like a whack-a-mole at this point. C clearly, I am not persuasive enough because she's still a Cowboys fan. So we, need to, we, we oh. need to shake that out of her. Full court press, I promise you. Great. I look forward to it. Thanks, Governor. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Take care. It's the Mike Nussanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right. Yeah, that was uh, the governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, joining us on the Mike Nussanelli podcast. The Mike Nussanelli podcast is big. We get the big guest. We got the gov today. And, uh, you know, listen, um, if you if he doesn't sound like an everyman to you, I, I don't know what you're listening to. And that's one of the reasons why I really like the guy. I think he's a, a, a uh, a progressive man who who thinks of others, and uh, and it's not bad that he's a sports fan. He's he's a monster sports fan, which makes him even more of a regular guy. Uh, so we're just really delighted to have Governor Josh Shapiro as our guest today. We hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, uh, you right wing people, maybe you didn't enjoy it, but maybe maybe you learned something a little uh, something out of it because he said you got to go on both sides of the aisle, right? So uh, that's the way it works. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will have another podcast for you later in the week to preview the Eagles and 49ers game. We are currently seeking out someone that can give us a 49er perspective on that. Uh, right now, uh, I'm feeling the Eagles. And, uh, you know, usually I wait till the end, but I just can't believe 
that uh, this quarterback is going to come here and, and win a game in, in Philadelphia. So I'm holding to that for the time being. Uh, thanks, sir, for uh, listening to the Mike Mitsnelli podcast. It is brought to you by Bet Rivers, of course. You can get to me on my email, mike at mikemiss.com, or you can uh, check out my Twitter, which is mikemiss25. It has to be Ben Simmons' number, and I'm headed down there tonight to wish him ill will because he, without a question, is the biggest sports villain ever. Darren, we good? You ask the gov. I'm going to ask you, are you going to be booing Ben Simmons tonight? No, I don't, I don't boo. I don't boo. I never booed. And, and I can't, like, being in journalism all these years, it would look gauche if I booed. So uh, I, 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 I load this man with a passion that I, you can't measure. Uh, I really, because I, just like the governor said, he, he single-handedly almost ruined the franchise. And uh, to me, I don't forget that. People always say, let him alone now, Mike. He's gone. No, he's not. Villains are never gone. Villains are never gone, and I will put heat on villains every day until I die. And he's the biggest sports villain ever. And and this is on the heel. Like Scott Rowland getting into the Hall of Fame was my second biggest villain ever. But now he's in the Hall of Fame, so I got to back off. I only have Ben Simmons to trash now. All right. Have fun, everybody. Have a great rest of the night. We'll talk to you later this week with the Eagles and 49ers. This has been the Mike Missnelli Podcast. Tell your friends and neighbors and subscribe for free on all podcast networks. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missnelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.